Hello and welcome into Locked on Wolves. We are live on the postcast following the Timberwolves win over the Sacramento Kings on Monday night. I'm joined live by Marnie Gellner from Bally Sports North. We're going to break down the victory. The Locked on Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked on Wolves postcast, part of Locked on Sports Minnesota, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. I'm joined by Marty Gellner from Valley Sports North. We're live right now breaking down the Timberwolves win over the Sacramento Kings on Monday. The Wolves are now in sole possession, I guess tech, technically not sole possession. They have the tiebreaker and are in sixth place in the Western Conference. They've won four straight. This was another close late win on the road, second night of a back-to-back. Carl Anthony Towns sitting out, in my opinion, a pretty well-rounded win. Um, just, just yet another, they're all important, but yet another really important nice win for the Wolves. Really nice win balanced effort all all five starters and double figures in fact all five starters between 15 and 20 points that's how even it was um just different guys in different spots smart play down the stretch really controlled in control it just it just uh, it felt like a mature win tonight and man has it been a fantastic stretch of four games highly entertaining games highly competitive games down to the wire nail-biting type games that for four straight nights the Timberwolves have been the better team the better executing team and the smarter team down the stretch we have not always been able to say that about the Timberwolves so this is this is uh this is a nice place to be right here Ben it really is. And, and we were just talking right before we went we went on the air about how the Wolves have played up and down to their competition really all season long. And and I think we're now we are. I mean, seeing the good side of that, at least over the last four games where, uh, you know, they've beaten some mediocre teams, but now they've beaten a couple of good teams on the road on a back to back. And, you know, the lineup has been shifting around a little, you know, cat was in the lineup Ant wasn't, or at first it was Ant in the lineup. No cat. You had cat, no Ant. Then you had both of them. And now tonight you're back to Kyle Anderson in the starting lineup. So there's been some moving pieces. There's been some challenges. They've won really these four wins have all come in different ways. Um, if we were to like, I guess, like crudely put these games in a bucket. Like how are the wolves winning these games? They're all, they've all been a little different. Um, and this one, like I said at, at the top, I think was pretty well-rounded in that they, you know, I thought it was a solid offensive game for the wolves. Uh, there certainly were some issues. We could talk about free throw shooting. Um, but I think in general, the wolves offense was pretty good defensively. Like, yeah, they gave up 115 points, but you're talking about the number one team in offensive rating in the league coming into the game. And I, in, in general, they did enough defensively to win the game. They, they held the Kings to, I think it was under 19% shooting from three. So yeah, just a well-rounded victory for Minnesota against a really good team on the road. Yep. That uh, three point shooting. I mean, Sacramento made five threes all night. De'Aaron Fox led the NBA leads the NBA in clutch scoring. And he just didn't have that burst tonight. I mean, we saw him at Target Center earlier this season have 21 points in the fourth quarter alone. And tonight he had 20 at halftime, but he finished the game with 29. So not only did he not have the clutch scoring, he only had nine points in the entire second half. And there was a stretch when he started humming in the second quarter where it was just looked like the Wolves were just going to have nobody to guard De'Aaron Fox tonight. He's so fast. 
and that you just thought, okay, well, he's going to get 40 and we just have to hope that the wolves can limit everybody else. Well, they ended up being able to catch up to deer and Fox and put some good defense on him because he did not use his league leading clutch scoring abilities to down the Timberwolves. I mean, that that's kind of what I was bracing for. Like this is Fox time. This is Fox time. And it never really came to that. So credit another good, solid Timberwolves defensive effort and uh, just solid all-around play tonight. It was really a good game. Yeah, we should talk about Jade McDaniels, too. I mean, he led the Wolves in scoring, and I think he's one of the headlines from this game. I I mean, Jaden had a single point. We don't need to rehash everything from Sunday, but, you know, didn't play well, only played 10 minutes, uh, you know, just not one of his worst games, certainly since, like, November. Um this game, though, he came out hot. The Wolves called a couple of plays for him early to get the ball in his hands. I thought that was really smart by Chris Finch to do that. You knew that you were going to need something from him with no Carl Anthony Towns available in this game. And Jaden scores 20 points at 8 of 15 shooting, did a lot of that damage early, and he had a couple of big buckets late, too, um, in this game and was solid defensively as he as he always is. Added a couple of steals, no turnovers for McDaniels, looked comfortable, looked confident, which I think is really important it really, really positive to see after like Sunday could not have gone any worse. And then 24 hours later for him to come back and play as well as he did and to get off to such a good start, I think is really important for his confidence, for the Wolves confidence in him as you know, we come down the stretch in the final six games of the season. And I agree with you that it was smart of Chris Finch and his coaching staff to call the first play of the game for Jaden McDaniel specifically to put the ball in his hands whether or not it was going to end up as a basket, you know, we know it, it did. Obviously, it worked in their favor. But the whole point was to get him involved after the game that he had had. So not only does he score the first game of the basket, or first basket of the game, he started six for six. He had 10 of the Wolves' first 20 points in the game. His first quarter total was 13 points, which is a career high for any quarter of any game he's ever played in. And then he didn't score again until almost the midway point of the fourth. So it was kind of this huge spurt in the first quarter. And then just good, solid defense and good, solid play. But he didn't score again until the fourth. Turned out that was okay. He had 20 points. He led the Wolves. And coming off of the game that he'd had last night, to be able to turn it around like that and for McDaniels to be as valuable as he was, I thought was a really significant development tonight. Yeah, and the other thing the Wolves, uh, the other, I think, in addition to McDaniels, the other headline would be the Timberwolves assist to turnover ratio as a team in this game. The Timberwolves had 33 assists on 44 made field goals, which is, I mean, that's three quarters of their field goal attempts were assisted. Compare that to the Kings. The Kings had 17 assists on 39 field goals, which is well under half of their field goals that were assisted. So three quarters versus call it 45% of assisted field goals. And Minnesota only turned it over six times. And that's partly why I call this a clean offensive game for Minnesota is they mostly got to the shots they wanted. They didn't shoot the ball great from the perimeter and they certainly didn't from the line, but they got to the line a bunch. Uh, They did miss a few layups here and there, but they just didn't turn it over a lot. It wasn't nearly as sloppy as parts of that Warriors game were on Sunday. And, and um, I think that like the Kings aren't a good defensive team, but you also can't let Sacramento get out and run and get into their offense more often by giving the ball to them, you know, directly by turning the ball over live ball turnovers, et cetera. 
And and in general, I thought the offensive flow was pretty good. There wasn't a ton of ball stopping for Minnesota. There was a little here and there, but shot selection, like Ant was getting downhill a little bit more. It wasn't like a, a big Ant game, but both him and McDaniels were looking to drive. The Wolves were trying to be aggressive going to the basket. And I think for the most part, they did that in this game. They did, yeah. That it, um, there were the dunk by McDaniel's and the yeah. dunk by Nasri, both driving just straight to the basket and just an absolute hammer of a dunk. I feel like those are a couple of baskets that just ignite a team, especially on the road. They quiet a crowd. They bring the Wolves bench to their feet. There's just so much life involved in baskets like that, and they come from two guys that. You don't see it out of Jaden McDaniels much at all, and you don't get a lot of emotion out of him. Nas, he's he's kind of been opening a few eyes with the ways the way that he's played here over the last uh, half of the season, for sure, and then like the last handful of games even more so. But man, talk about two big baskets of just ignition for the Wolves and deflation for the Kings simultaneously. I would put those baskets in that category. And then the, you talked about the assist to turnover. I mean, 33 assists to six turnovers. That was the highest assist to turnover ratio in any game the Wolves have had this season. And they just, uh, you just saw the difference. I mean, I, I already talked about the balanced scoring. It was the same with assists. Kyle Anderson had 11. Anthony Edwards had seven. And, and up and down the starting lineup, all starters had at least two. Eight different players had at least one. It just was a game where... There were no heroes that were getting sticky and playing ISO ball and where you just kind of, the whole thing comes to a screeching halt. We just didn't have much of that tonight. You see the result. That was good, fun, crisp, clean basketball. Today's episode of the Postcast is brought to us by our friends over at Prize Picks. If you're wondering how Prize Picks works, it's really easy to play. You just pick two to six players for really any sport, and if they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, if you take a Nas Reed points over, we'll talk about Nas here in a second. You would have done pretty well in this game. I'm, I'm pretty confident about that. On Prize Picks, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry, and you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. I mentioned you could do any sport. I mean, NBA, MLB is about to kick off, uh, NHL with playoffs ongoing still college basketball this weekend uh women's college basketball tournament ongoing really any sport you could do it over at prize picks you can make your entry in less than 60 seconds just download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users can receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 with the promo code locked on if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Nas Reed, uh, he was leading the team in scoring until McDaniel scored a couple of buckets late. And uh, I mean, this coming off of what he did Sunday against Golden State off the bench, he played 21 minutes in this game. No Carlton Towns, of course. So it's it's almost a little surprising he didn't get any addition, you know, more run in this game. Um, but the Wolves, I mean, the starting lineup in general, and Kyle Anderson was so good that, you know, it may, and obviously part of the reason he played so much Sunday was the McDaniels foul trouble. But Nas had 18 points, four rebounds, seven of 12 shooting for Nas. Uh, the big dunk, uh, the the big three-pointer that was, I think, a couple possessions after that, there was the span in the fourth quarter when the Kings were lingering, made a move themselves, and then Nas almost single-handedly was like, 
no, it's it's actually Nas Reed time. I'm going to get this massive dunk. I'm going to make this three. I mean, what more can we say about Nas Reed at this point? It feels like we're doing this almost every night. But he was, again, such a big part of this win for the Wolves. Yeah, I know. It feels like we say the same things and show the same things over and over. But uh, he deserves it. He This guy is just blossoming before our eyes. I don't know if that's the right term to use, but he's been the Wolves' leading scorer or among the leading scorers in these last handful of games. He's been so big on nights when Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards last night were struggling to find their rhythm. They were rusty. They were sluggish, slow a little bit, and both would admit so. And that was Nas Reed's night. I mean, he was just electric last night. And then he goes and does it again on the second night of a back-to-back on a night when Edwards, again, just he doesn't have that explosion in him right now. He doesn't have that pop in his step right now. Might be the illness, might be the ankle, might be a combination of the two. But, man, Nas Reed has been Mr. Consistent, absolutely steady, just exquisite footwork for a big man. He just has been so impressive. And I've said it on this show before. I will repeat it because it deserves repeating. He is such a great guy to root for. He is a fantastic teammate. He is a nice human being outside of being an awesome basketball player. He's just the kind of guy that you can feel good about cheering for. You can feel good about wanting good things for. And a guy that I think deserves all the success in the world because he has worked his butt off to get to this point. An undrafted guy who has forced his hand, forced the coaches into playing him and just soaking up every minute. I just, I love to watch this guy succeed. Uh, another player who came to the league the same year, actually second round pick, not on drafted that year, was Jalen Noel, and he uh, was back in the rotation in this game with no Carl Anthony Towns available. And Noel had a nice run, actually in the fourth quarter as well. The Wolves needed some offense; it was largely a bench unit in the game. And Noel did what Noel does, and that's he pulled the trigger eleven times in sixteen minutes, and he made six of them. He had fourteen points, hit a couple of big shots, a couple of really tough ones in the paint. Um, it, it's it's kind of feast or famine with Jalen, and in this game it was feast, and the Wolves needed it. Like I, I think without that push, I mean I don't know that for sure that the Wolves win this game. Um, and it was so good to see. We saw it against I think it was the Knicks game last week, some similar in Noel's first game back. Uh, but it was good to see him have a strong stint there in the fourth as well. Yeah, you said feast or famine. I mean there was a there was a single play that was feast and or famine when Noel was little bit out of control and he drove to the hoop he just threw one up and I believe I said out loud oh Jalen and he got his own rebound and put it back in and I yep. went from groaning to cheering I couldn't even get the word out of my mouth before I had to completely change my composure because that's how quickly he changes and changes a play changes direction but you're right he he was huge tonight for the Timberwolves didn't play last night he can provide such an important spark and spurt and he brings such a pace and energy and sometimes it's too much and you got to throttle him down and you got to ask him to gain a little more control but tonight it was it was in the right moments and even Chris Finch acknowledged it it after the game how big Jalen Noel was in his little couple of moments tonight for the Wolves because they did need scoring once again tonight. We talked a little about the Wolves' defense, and, and yeah, they gave up 115, but again, the Kings are a really good offensive team, and, and Minnesota held Keegan Murray to 1-6 outside the arc. Darren Fox 
in general was very good, but just one of six from outside the arc. Malik Monk, 0 of 4. Harrison Barnes, 0 of 3 on threes. The King shot just 18.5% from three. And I thought Minnesota did a good job of contesting three-point attempts and forcing the Kings to put the ball on the floor. Um, and that was positive. On the flip side, uh, a, a negative or an issue for the Wolves in this game is they shot under 65% at the free throw line. They missed 12 free throws. Obviously, the good thing is they got there a bunch. And, and weirdly, I mean, Rudy Gobert actually shot six of eight from the line above his season average. But as a team, 64.7%. And over the last 15 games, dating back to the game just before the All-Star break, the Wolves have only shot above 75%. They've shot 75% a couple of times. So I'm fudging that a bit. So we'll say above 75.1% twice. Um, and as a team now, the Wolves are down to like 25th or 24th or something in the league in terms of percentage coming into this game. It has been an issue going back the last six weeks or yeah. so. Uh, for Minnesota. And of course, every game matters the same. I get that. But like those free throws in these close late games, they've gotten away with it the last couple of games with some misses down the stretch. Those are going to really crop up and be even that much more important once we get into actual play in and hopefully playoff basketball. Without a question, they need to clean that up. Rudy Gobert missed both in a late possession in the fourth quarter. Mike Conley missed one. Anthony Edwards missed one in key down the stretch moments where it looked like this could be a major factor in the game. Like they, they could have blown that game at the free throw line tonight. Then they should consider themselves lucky that that did not play out with that exact scenario. But the wolves have been, um, I just looked it up today too. Overall, I want to say 24th, 25th, just like you said, Ben in the league, but since February 1st, dead last. 30th in the NBA. Actually, you can go back a couple more games. It's like December 27th or something like that. Dead last in the league in free throw percentage. And they've got to figure out a way to clean that up, to improve that. And now I feel like it's it's in their heads, and they're yeah. all very well aware of it. And it is one of those things that you get tight and you get clenched, and then you start missing more free throws, and it just compounds itself. So I don't know how, but it is something that needs to be addressed and needs to be improved. Yeah, and it's such a weird, like, I mean, like you said, it's so much of it is is psychological or it is mental. But uh, I also think, like, having Carl Anthony Towns is going to help. I mean, he's somebody who gets to the line a lot, and he makes them, right? He makes his free throws. In fact, before he was hurt, I think he's shooting a career high. He's, like, 89% from the line so far this year. Relatively small volume. But, like, just simply having a guy who gets there and makes them at 80 to 90% is going to lift the whole team that much more. I mean, I think my guess would be Gobert averages a higher free throw rate when Towns is off the floor versus when he's on the floor with with him. Um, and if you have somebody who's a 64% free throw shooter shooting more, that's going to drag down the whole team number. Um, but like, you know, I, I, yeah, I, can they get over it? Can they get put it out of, you know, out of sight, out of mind, or can they put it out of mind, I guess, as we get into the playoffs um, or even down the stretch of the season? I mean, it's been so bad for so long now, and it's just such a weird thing. It's not like there's an easy fix. You just, you just have to make your free throws. I don't really know what else to say about it. Um, all right, so next up, the Wolves have Phoenix on Wednesday. Of course, that's a big game. Sitting here right now after the game on, on Monday night, the Timberwolves are tied with Golden State for six, but the Wolves do have the tiebreaker in terms of conference record, which they haven't necessarily clinched that yet. So it's not like it's not the same as a head-to-head. Right. So that could change. Yeah. It could change. At the moment, they've got, what, a two-and-a-half game lead in that sense in the conference tiebreaker. So the Wolves are sixth. They're only a half game behind the Clippers with the tiebreaker against the Clippers. They're only a game and a half behind Phoenix. And if they beat Phoenix on Wednesday, then they they are even in that tiebreaker. And they also would have the conference tiebreaker over Phoenix as of right now. 
Um, they've played three more conference games, and if they beat the Suns on Wednesday, then they'll have that tiebreaker too. And, and the Wolves would only be a half game behind the four spot in the West. Um, of course, that's easier said than done. Can the Wolves win five in a row? Can they sweep the road trip? Uh, a lot of questions coming into Wednesday, but Towns hopefully should be back on the floor. It's, it's uh, you know, the Wolves have shown, we said off the top of the show today, the Wolves play to their competition, good or bad, and lately that's been a really good thing. And let's hope it continues because Phoenix is a good team and Kevin Durant could return on Wednesday. Hopefully Carl Anthony Towns will be back. That's what we would expect. He was just sitting tonight because of the second game of a back-to-back and he's just coming back, getting his win, you know, getting his legs beneath him, all that. So, I mean, can we say big game again and again and again and again? That's where we are. That's where we are with six to go. Six to go. And, and I mean, for better or for worse, Phoenix is the toughest game left on the schedule record-wise. I mean, I guess going back to what we said a minute ago, hopefully the Wolves can play above their competition moving forward. But Phoenix on Wednesday is is the, you know, the next big game in a whole long line of big games. We'll, of course, go live following the Phoenix game about the same time we did tonight. So about 45 minutes or so after the final horn um, here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Make sure to subscribe to be notified when we go live. If you miss the live show, you can always listen to the audio. We post that on Lockdown Wolves. So any audio platform, subscribe to Lockdown Wolves and you can listen to the postcast with Barney and I after the fact, after the live show. Um, and otherwise, that's all we have for you tonight. We'll see you Wednesday. A big thank you for listening A big thank you for watching, and we'll catch you next time.